The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. Good evening and welcome to I the Port Adelaide power. Preview Podcast. We'll be discussing the game for Round 7 against the West Coast Eagles. We'll be playing on Saturday afternoon. It's Port Adelaide, by the way, at the uh, Perth Stadium, also known as, I think, Optus Stadium, also known as Mining Bling Stadium. Um, I'm Portia, and joining me, as has been occasionally the case this year, I think once so far, is uh, Macca. Macca, how are you? Bling Bling. Bring bling, it on. Bling. Oh, God. How you going? Yeah, yeah, good, good. Um, anyone that hasn't seen games at Perth Stadium, if you're epileptic, be careful at the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Don't of, stare at the lights. Whatever you do, of, you, will, you will have a fit. Lots Definitely. of flashing lights. looks yeah. terrible. <laughs> it's like, it's, like hip, it's hypnotoed in a stadium form, basically. I was going to say that if a 13-year-old designed a sports stadium, that's what they'd do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, more lights. More. No more. Lots of flashing more. and rock music yeah. and things that <laughs> sound like lightning and thunder. <laughs> and then someone does a guitar that's solo. It. Yeah. And we need a smoke machine. Where's the smoke machine? Come on. Oh, I'm sure that's there somewhere. They're just waiting to bring it out at the right time. That's it. Ah, <laughs> oh, dear. So, look, um, we'll just wing straight into the hot topic. Um, really big news this week. Um, Chad Corns was suspended, uh, which is absolutely standard. He's, he's been pinged again for saying a bad word to Todd Goldstein. Um which is phenomenal. It's been a while. I mean, it's the last person, I think, from Port that got in trouble was Alfie, wasn't it? And that would have been a decade ago. Arnfield? Yeah. Arnfield. Probably. Um, yeah, I would think so. And uh, yeah. look, it's a welcome return to a Port runner form, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well done on chat on getting involved and telling Todd Goldstein to get stuffed. I think it's great. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I mean, I, I don't know, like maybe this is... Port getting tough this year. Like we've had suspension for bump, suspension for jumper punch, and now we've got the runner suspended for mouthing off. Meanwhile, mm. you know, maybe this is a rallying point where we get physical, and this week is a really good week to do it in my mind. But um, I think so. It's something to break the hearts of all the old Crows fans out there. Um, that means this week will be Trent Henschel's debut for Port Adelaide on field. So I can't, I can't wait to see him limp about out there and. Uh... <laughs> You know, it's going to take him three times as long to uh, to get to people, but uh, good on him for uh, getting out there and having a go anyway. So, I just hope that when he's go out there, he I just hope that when he's out there, he doesn't get to take a specky impulse. <laughs> Matt Thomas isn't playing, is he? No, don't think so. No, that's good. Fine. Uh, and of course, the official big news, which is the actual big news, which is that Paddy Ryder's back. Hooray, hooray! He's back. Um, he is come back into the side in a week when he's up against a very good ruckman. Uh, and an okay second Ruckman, um, and he was probably a bit flat, but shit, you know, it's better than playing Howard and Ruck. Uh, so, hey, welcome back, Fatty. Isn't that great? Uh, Howard's actually done all right in Ruck, I think. I, oh, I yeah, think I'm he's not, been okay. Please, but I'm, not, I'm, not I'm, I'm very, very happy that uh, that Ryder is back. I'm very happy he's back. The feng shui of the side is back to how it should be, mm. and uh, we can play the forwards where they belong and the defenders where they belong, and everything is fine. Everything's fine. Precisely. Any criticism I, I, I levy at uh, Dougal Howard as a ruckman is not because he's bad at ruck, but because we need him in defence. So yeah, that's, that's, that's it. quite different. Um, yeah, so it's going to be good, hopefully. We'll see how he comes back. Uh, and here's the, here's the big news. This is Darcy Vern jones 50th game. And that astounds me, because I, I would have thought he would have been near the 100 now. It just feels like he's been there forever. 
Um, I'm sure he was on about 132, but uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. uh, it does feel like he's been around forever, but it also feels like he's only playing his fifth game at the same time. So it's a bit I'm like sure. Wilson syndrome, really, isn't it? Like, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. He still looks about 12, so I don't know if that's sort of skewing my judgment there at all. But yeah. uh, it's been a pretty decent 50 games, I've got to say, for, for DBJ and. Right. As we know, he's, um, there was a lot of people that sort of thought he should have been delisted, but um, here he is, a 50-game player. So yeah, uh, yeah, no, I'm sure there's another 50 and probably another 50 more where that came from too. Well, look, I mean, the fact that he's managed to rack him up the way he has, like, you, what do you reckon his cap is? I mean, he's a player that could be around for 250, you'd think. Oh, maybe. I mean, he seems like a pretty fit fella. I'm not not yeah, sure how... Uh, fit and he doesn't seem not to sure if too he's... much considering he no, does well, play reasonably physically, you know. That's that's right. He might be one of those sort of players that goes on a bit of a run of, yeah. you know, 130 consecutive games or something like that. But, yeah, he's a um, yeah I, I would expect him to play at least another six or seven years minimum and yeah. uh, probably a little bit longer too. Yeah, why not? Um, we'll just do a quick question from Spreaker Chat because it's a good one. Uh, thoughts on the club's short-sightedness on not having a top-up player over the age of 182 centimetres? Uh, say that again. <laughs> thoughts. It's from Craig Jones. Thoughts on yep. the club's short-sightedness on not having a top-up player over the height of 182 centimetres? For what? For I this week? Or? Maybe. I'm not sure. I don't know. Uh, well, we've got Tom Cleary as the emergency, so... Mm. Um, talking magpies. Oh, Maggie's. Uh, yeah, that's probably a bit of a silly one, I would think. But yeah. then again, you you got to get what's available as well for the Maggie's, so I, maybe there wasn't anyone that was good enough that was uh, of key position height, so... Don't we have an absurd um, uh, salary cap for extra players we can bring in? Oh, I'm not sure, but um, look, they they have gone small. There's a lot of smalls out there, and uh, fair enough. But um, it is what it is, I guess. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. That doesn't mean that uh, look, SANFL level. I'm hoping that we can still get the job done. But that is a very small looking forward line. I've got to say for the Maggies. Um, <laughs> I think the tallest guy out there is about 186 centimeters in the forward line. So wow. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Craig That's said the only, tall players, mate, the only tall players playing tomorrow are Frampton and McKenzie. So that's, yeah. uh, that's an interesting one. Well, playing? it's it's just one of those things where Linet's got a or Linet's got a knee injury, Hayes is injured, and Laddams has got is being rested. So um, pretty much all the tolls that we did have available are not playing because they're injured. So that's just how it goes sometimes, I guess. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, look, we'll talk a bit about West Coast. Um, have you seen any of the West Coast games so far this year, Macca? I have. I've seen a, a reasonable amount of West Coast. I haven't seen all their games, but have seen a fair bit. And uh, look, they're looking really good. It's got to be said. They are playing great footy. Yeah, they are. Um, they certainly are. Uh, I think that they're playing... They're being allowed... They're, certainly, I think the teams they played against, except for the game they lost, which is Sydney, are teams that would let them play the way they want. And yep. I think they've been allowed to do that. So hopefully, hopefully this six, this five game winning run, so they're five and one for the season after losing to Sydney in round one. Uh, you'd have to hope that they uh, are exposable there. Um, look, they've got uh, just going through the the areas. I've done a bit of a look at their stats to try and work them out a bit, and I don't know if I got really got much out of it, but uh, we'll just go through it. 
Um, their ruck dominance is high. They've got second most hit outs in the league, but they're only eighth for clearances, but also eighth for clearances against. So you're getting a lot of hit outs, but not necessarily, not necessarily turning into much. And that might be reflected by um, Nick Nat still coming back. He's only averaging nine possessions a game, which is very low for him. Uh, and obviously Scott Lysett's the second guy, and you know he's probably just getting taps and not all that great. Um, yeah. But they're kicking the ball a lot. Like they're playing, they're playing. They're, now that they've got used to Perth Stadium, and uh, they're, they're playing. I suppose you almost call it classic West Coast football. You know, not nineties football, but I suppose po- like the two thousand Premiership. It almost, it almost is nineties yeah. football. You reckon? Early nineties yeah, footy. Yeah, it yeah, almost true. is. Because it's just get bowl, kick it, get bowl, kick it, yeah. and uh, you know, they're not handballing all that much. Um, no. They're playing, they're playing long, and you know they've got a good forward line at the moment, and they're all pretty much in form. So why not get it down there as quick as possible? Yeah, well, that's it. And the interesting thing about it, and the scary thing about it, I guess, in a lot of respects, is yeah, they're first for kicks, and they've got the fewest handballs, but they've also got the third fewest clangers, which means they are hitting their targets, and uh, that's that's working out really well for them. Like they're, they're playing keep away. Um, really really well uh it's 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 kind of painful and that is exactly if you're going to say to a port fan what don't we cope well against <laughs> it's teams that control the ball and don't lose possession um, yeah possibly I, I think that would be pretty high on my list uh of, mm. of opponents i don't like and that right now that looks like west coast um they're marking the balls obviously as well because they're they're kicking well and they're hitting targets when they do they're third for marks second most for inside 50s and second most for marks inside 50 thanks to those to- uh, forwards that are in good form um and they've got the second most goals in the league this week i think that our defense has got to be really sharp and anyone that's saying oh yeah nathan bassetti could be a potential coast coach at senior level i think this is definitely a week you should be looking to see how our defense performs because i think this is one where they'll be really really tested um, yeah um, you know, in, not in, not in a way that you know they're doomed to fail, um, but that they'll need to be on the ball to like they'll need to know their zones, they'll need to know their man, they'll have to have excellent awareness to beat this forward line. Um, yeah, and that that's a good coaching test in my mind. Um, yeah. But yeah, ultimately, I think that they're playing the, their own game. They've got it's a couple of stats that you go, oh, really? Uh, third fewest tackles and third fewest one percenters. But all the stats come the other way, aren't really doing anything. Like That's because they're controlling the ball. They're controlling it. They're controlling it. And they haven't got to, had to get into a situation where they're, they're playing that really rough, tough, contested ball game. Um, yep. So I'm kind of hoping that's where we can bring it to them, um, just really get in their face. Uh, obviously, Sydney playing Sydney game, playing one in round one. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we beat them the week after. So why not, why not, why not try and do uh, uh, a similar sort of thing and just uh, try and really, you know, man up and take the contest to them? Um, yeah, it is a shame that we we've had our um, most vocal proponent of doing that suspended this week in Chad Corns, but uh, we'll see how it uh, stacks up for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's right. Uh, disappointing that, but that's all right. Look, they're in good form, the Eagles, and uh, they've got a, quite a young side out there as well. Like they're playing quite a, a number of kids, so they're you know they're they're not sort of. Um, Pushing the oldies out there, you know they've got guys like Venables and Tom Cole and these sorts of guys. Petrocelli from uh, who we spoke about a fair bit last year, yeah. um, as well. And Jake Waterman's come on and uh, and is playing great footy up forward, which is uh, good for him. Uh, but look, it's um, how important is this game for Port Adelaide? Do you think? Um, I think it's important to at least not lose by much. Um, 
if we get walloped by 80 points, I mean, you could say, yeah, you got walloped by a bunch of, you know, you got walloped at West Coast's home ground, new home ground. You haven't played it before. They're in excellent form. Like, there's a lot of excuses you could make for losing this week. Uh, and I suppose from that perspective, it's why it's important we win it, because <laughs> it is just so mm. easy to say, oh, it is so easy to just be mediocre and say, oh, look, there are a lot of things against us. But I don't, I don't think there's any reason why we couldn't win this one. And I certainly, yeah. Like, there's, yeah. West Coast have been in great form, but they've been in great form against sides that are, yeah, they're okay. Um, you know, they had wins against Gold, uh, Geelong, Gold Coast and Freo. And Geelong this year, like, for a shootout, um, Geelong have been going for shootouts most of the year this year. And so against West Coast, like West Coast managing to control the ball better than Geelong do. Well, that's an obvious win. Gold yeah. Coast and Freo, they're okay. And winning against Bulldogs at Docklands and Carlton at MCG, like, that's not exactly heavyweights away from home, is it? Um, nice. So <laughs> you'd have to say that. No, that's right. Yeah, and so that's four home games for five wins. That's actually pretty middle of the pretty middle of the the ladder, really, isn't it? Um, mm. So I think they are potentially exposable, and I hope hopefully we will be the team th- to do it. I think they're exposable, and I'm going to say I think this is the match that will define our season. I think Maybe. this is super super important to win this game. If we win this game. I think we'll beat the Crows next week, and I think we'll go on a pretty substantial uh, winning streak, I think. If we lose this game, I can't see us winning the showdown, and I think our premiership chances and probable top four chances are under serious doubt, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think the main thing that would get in the way of us winning this week is just us. I think that it's just whether we're willing to have all our players commit to four quarters of football. Ports being ports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, unfortunately, yeah, ports being ports. Um, But as far as the showdown, I mean, well, I mean, I think history says that, you know, winning form is good form going into a showdown. So that that kind of follows. But uh, and from there, you know, I don't don't know who we're playing after that. But uh, yeah. Oh, well. Um, Anyway, look, we'll talk about our side now. We'll talk about yes. our side against West Coast. Uh, we've got two changes, um, as has been predicted. Uh, I suppose Corey's form is a bit, bit eh. He's been ousted, unfortunately, for Homsch, which I think is probably going to be a short-term thing, but we'll see. Uh, so Tom Clory's out, and Ted Wingo's out with injury. Um, and so how shattered are you? What for? Clory going out. Well, look, your I mean, boy. He hasn't, he hasn't been He's your form. man. He hasn't been in great form. Um, and I think that last week, Jack Homsch had the opportunity to to play his ideal game and, you know, I don't know, I end the week, I, I just don't think it really, I don't know, we'll, we'll give Chair Comps a go, but I just don't reckon it'll last, but oh, okay, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Look, we'll see I think, look, Cleary's been in no form. He's, yeah, he's not been seriously struggled. He he's struggled right. with the bowl, he's made a lot of mistakes, he's losing his opponent, he's, he's out of touch at the moment and deserves to be dropped from the side, so... I'm happy to see him go at this point and to see if he can get some sort of form in the SANFL for a few weeks. Uh, I think Homsch, uh playing that third man role is perfect. That's his role. We know he's very, very, very good at that. Um, and look, with Ryder back in, I mean, that just means that we can play, as we said, we can play the defenders where they belong and the forwards yeah. where they belong. So, you know, to have uh, Dougal Howard down back again, I yep. think is great. Uh, I think Jonas will do a good job this week to have Homsch down there. And uh, we know that uh, West Coast forward line has a bit of height, but um, so does our defence. So I'm happy with these changes. I'm I'm happy to see Jasper back. I can't wait to see a half-back line of of Pittard and and Bonner running and creating and and causing havoc. 
Yeah, so just, we didn't actually clarify. Um, so Clarion, Wingard are out, and Pittard and Ryder are in, so uh, yes. that's interesting. Are you surprised that Pal Pepper hasn't been added to the team? Mm, look, I mean, what he's gone through, like, uh, for a young player, and for a young player that, you know, he, I reckon he would be... I don't know that he's 100% in it right now. Do you reckon he would be 100% mentally in football at this very moment? Or do you think he's still sort of getting over it and like, okay, let's get back to it? Because I would well, that would be an impediment. Well, I, I think he should probably be right now. It's it's finished. It's over. Get your head in the game. Like, mm. you know, blink and you miss it. The season's going to be half over. So if you don't play him this week. Can you really play him against the Crows? Maybe. Maybe. We see that's it. Like a win against the Crows, that would silence a lot of people, wouldn't it? <laughs> I, I would have liked to have seen him come into the side this week just to get some form going. Well, uh, yeah, against, I, against a crowd that's probably yeah. not going to be all that vocal against him. Whereas if he comes back in next week against the Crows, they're going to bloody. There's going to be fights in the stands. People, Crows fans are going to say stuff and it's just going to get out of control and. He's going to get booed all game, you and it's that. just going to be messy. And you say that, but it's not as like West Coast that. fans won't feel exactly the same way around him. Like you know, West Coast for the last year they've been copying shit. Yeah, but they boo everyone. Venables instead of Pal Pepper, yeah. Yeah, but they, they, they West Coast fans <laughs> boo everyone, so he won't know if they're booing <laughs> him or just from. booing he's booing anything. Australian. So it's not going to make any difference because they're just going to be. It's just a, a droning noise at. Mm. Uh, out of WA when West Coast play. So, I don't know. I, I would have played him. I would have played him this week, but mm. uh, so be it. Uh, and Tom Clory is also listed as emergency, and uh, is it Jack Trengo and Tom Rockliffe. So, do you think Tom Rockliffe could have come in if you are going to bring someone in? Uh, well, look, possibly. Yeah, look, possibly as well, but I guess you can't make too many changes from a winning team, can you? So, um, mm. look, I'm... I'm Overall, I'm happy with the two changes that we made. I think they're the right decisions, and uh, it's great to have Ryder back. And, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Look, I'm not... I, look, I, I, if I was going to say who should have come in instead of Pittard, I couldn't tell you right now. Um, I would be have been more inclined to bring in Rockliffe than Pittard. It does seem like we've, on paper, dropped a defender to bring in a defender, but reality is that... Dougal Howard has, is no longer a ruckman and he is a defender. So we've actually added a defender this week um, for a forward because Chad Wingard's out. Um, mm. So, uh, I don't know. Um, the, the way that our back line sits at the moment is much more comfortable than if Cleary was in there as well. I'm not saying keep Cleary in. I'm saying that uh, uh, you certainly keep the, the two outs the same, but as to whether you're bring in Pittard instead of uh, Rockliffe, I think that's probably more debatable, or indeed instead of a Sam Powell Pepper. Um, mm. Just because it was shifting that balance from, you know, the, the, the first two rounds when we looked so good, um, back to defenders. You know, we've got extra extra defenders again. I don't think we do. We don't reckon? No, I don't think we do at all. I think, I think how the side sits at the moment is structurally perfect for how we want to play the game. <laughs> well, 
in terms of structure, and by structure I mean tolls versus smalls, I, I don't think we can squeeze another toll in that side. And I think it would be out of balance if we tried to do so. Um, yeah, but... So I'm not sure where another one would fit. So I think structurally this is right and it's only uh, names replacing other names but, from this but, point on. But Mac, I, I look at our interchange of Jake Need, Aidan Johnson and Don Barry and I think, hmm. Pace. <laughs> Yeah, but we've Excitement. Already... <laughs> it just seems like a lot of the same player. Yeah, well, it kind of is, but um, it's also needed. Like, Don Barry's not really played up forward. Don Barry's got to be close to being dropped. He just keeps missing sitters all the time. It's ridiculous. But anyway. Well, of course. I mean, as I said, ultimately you would bring in Pow Pepper and Barry's probably the one that goes out. Yeah. I, I don't know. I guess the other hand is like you know, Jake needs kicking goals this year. At last, maybe it's because Don Barry's on the great. side. Maybe Don Barry's been not kicking goals because he's taking the old Jake Need uh, albatross around his neck. <laughs> That's it. Look, Needy's been great. I thought Aidan Johnson played a really, really important role Johnson last week very, and, and yes. did his did his role perfectly. So you can't drop him. Um, look, Barry's the one in the gun, um, but his defensive pressure last week was a highlight of the game. Um, you know, he chased and chased. And uh, and it worked. It put North Melbourne under a lot of pressure. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like he's got the Lewis Jetters at the moment. And it's just going to be a point where he's just going to kick a goal and everyone's going to be excited. And then two weeks later, he's going to get kick like six goals for a game or something like that. Just needs to get off the mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a comment on Spreaker Chat saying, Porsche forgot that uh, when Hammer went out, we brought in two forwards. It's like, no, I didn't really forget that. Um, but I'm looking at our back line. We've named six junior defenders. We've got Carl Amon on a wing, which I don't think he is. I think he's probably still more of a defender at this stage. Um, and Dougal Howard's on the bench. You know, a, def- a defender? Carl <laughs> so, Amon? Well, no, I'm not saying he defends, but I'm saying he plays in that uh, counter-attacky role, in my mind. Okay. Fair enough. Please, that's a, that's a distinction. We, we say defenders when we, you know, like people would call Joel Bowden a defender back in the day, you know, when he was just, all he did was take, cheap marks in the back pocket and Matty Bishop the same a lot of the time um, yeah. you know it's just a name uh, oh well uh, where were we up to da, da, da. yeah Ken finally brought a ruckman in hooray hooray uh, so just I suppose we should do the opposition comparison so opposition changes uh, Lewis Jetta and Dom Sheeter out and that is fantastic news for us that's good for us because <laughs> both have been uh, pretty yeah. look Jetta killed us last year in that final in the uh Yep. in the clinches there, and, and Dom Sheed's been in really good form this year. He's uh, he's, he's been a highlight for them in I'd the middle. He's been their second best midfielder, I'd say. Um, yeah, I, I would probably agree with that. Um, but look, Hutchings comes in, he picks up a lot of the ball, and uh, Jackson Nelson, well, I'm not sure he's going to have a, a huge impact on the game, but now that I've said that, spuds that tear us apart. <laughs> so. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, we did already talk briefly about uh, Nui and Lusset versus Ryder. Um, Nick Nine, this is amazing for two ruckmen in the same side. Nick Nui is averaging thirty-two hitouts. Lysett's averaging twenty, um, mm. but between them, they're only averaging twenty-two touches, which is about eleven each, which is really not what you'd want for either for a main ruckman or a backup ruckman, really. Um, yeah. So, well, they're making the the two ruckman thing work, which is um, oh, unusual yeah. in this day and age, but. Um, I guess Lysett can play up forward and he's been okay doing that this year. Um, he certainly hasn't sort of um, set the world on fire, but uh, you never know. You never know. 
He's kicked four goals in six games. Lysett, so... Yeah. And the other thing about it is we already talked about that as well, which is just that they're getting a lot of hit-outs, but it's not really translating to clearances for the midfield. So is is two Ruckman making it work? I'm not convinced that it is. I'm not sure it is working for West Coast, but they're doing it. Um, maybe until Nick Nardinelli's getting regular possessions, you know, around the ground again, um, they'll stick with it. But I, I don't reckon... I reckon Lysett's going to have to lift if he's going to keep a spot for sure. Cause when yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. I, I think Lysett's spot in that team... Is uh, as soon as Nick Nat gets fitter and a bit more comfortable, then I think Lysa is probably going to go out of the side and they'll bring in an, an extra runner. But um, I, I guess the big question this week is: Do we play Ryder in the ruck or do we plonk him at full forward and play Dixon in the ruck? <laughs> oh God! Please, please don't. Please, if if there's any Port Adelaide officials listening to this, please don't tell Ken Hickley not to play Ryder in the ruck. <laughs> <laughs> I like him as a key forward. But, yeah, um, but, oh my god! Can you imagine? Hey, can you imagine the heads exploding if we go? Oh, at least finally after this debacle, Ryder's back to playing ruck, and then we don't play him in ruck. Can you? Imagine? Oh, if he if he lines up on Tom Barras and shakes his hand <laughs> at a uh, full forward, I think um, Big Footy will melt down for good. That'll be the end of it, I think. Oh but, my goodness! Yeah, nuclear meltdown for sure. It just that, that would just be. The biggest fuck you to supporters imaginable. <laughs> well, I guess it just goes to what's how much influence we expect Ryder to have. He hasn't played for five weeks. Um, how much game time are we expecting him to have? Um, and are we likely to see him up forward for you know a relatively decent amount of time? Oh, look, I mean, he might re- go forward occasionally, but my, my personal prediction is that he will be in ruck or on the bench recuperating to get match fit again. Personally. Yeah, that would be my thought. Um, because we, you know, the way we're selecting Ruckman this year is basically like uh, Ryder is the Messiah and everyone else is just no one much at all. So mm. I can't see us not playing him in Ruck. Uh, it would just be insane. Yes. <laughs> but that's not the same. I way. agree. <laughs> also agree. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So the opposition midfield, um, Andrew Gaff and Luke Shuey are doing pretty well. Um Luke think, bloody Shuey. Yeah. Luke Shuey, yes. Um, I guess last week we, we did... We, last week I had a crack at um, Dumont and uh, Hartung for being Clanger Kings, and I think that kind of showed up. And there was a really... My favourite part of watching the replay last week was um, seeing that uh, they actually pinpointed a Ben Jacobs screw-up. And <laughs> 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 they say, this is where he was trying to kick two, and this is where he should have kicked two, and then instead he kicked way over the other year. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's our Ben. That's yeah, our Benny. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. I guess if we're looking for comparables, and I'm not saying that, you know, they're probably not quite in the Hartung camp, but uh, Elliot Yeo and uh, Jack Redden, they're getting good numbers, but they are also averaging between four and five clangers a game, which is about where Hartung is. So hopefully they are the more exposable midfielders we might be able to take advantage of, hopefully. Potentially, look, I think well, Redden's playing a lot more in the actual midfield this year than he has for quite some time. Um, and I think his clang is probably more due to sort of quick kicks out of packs as opposed to um, your, your more Ben Jacobs traditional yeah. stuff up. Um, I, I think Redden's had a really good year this year and uh, he's been a revelation for them. Um, it's been a long time coming. He's probably not been at his best for a good three or four years, but um, he's sort of turning back the clock a little bit 
uh, this year. Well, Elliot Yo can be a dominant player when he wants to be. Um, so, yeah, look, I, I would expect him to play a bit more time in the midfield uh, this week with Sheed out. And, um, yeah, we'll see how he goes too. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, mm, yes, all right. Uh, going to the forward line, uh, Jack Darling and Michael Crow are getting about two goals a game. And, of course, Michael Crow is, uh, I do believe he is a marking small. Uh, and Josh Kennedy, in the last three games he's been back, he's been kicking three goals a game. So, uh, yep. mm, uh, how would it's a, it's a very tough forward line to match up on, I think. Um, you got, you got the tolls there. Look, Ken, all of them can pretty much kick a bag of goals, really. Like, Kennedy can, Darling can. Um, Lacra definitely can. He he regularly kills us, Mark Lacra. He does it every year. Um, you know, Willie Rioli's had a decent start to his AFL career as well. Scott Lysett's up there. He can take a grab. Um, and, and Jake Waterman's been very impressive uh, in his debut season as well. Um, so they've got height, they've got pace, they've got lead-up ability, they've got some X-factor uh, they've got some decent players closer to goal. They've got Jamie Cripps who can kick goals and can also do a defensive job too. So, um, yeah, we're, we're going to have to be on uh, on the ball for sure. And uh, this is why I'm happy we've gone with the structure that we've got. I, I think it match. I think we match up really well against their forward line. And if anyone's going to stop their forward line, it's going to be us. Yeah, I mean, we match up against them in a shallow way. Though, like, I'm not. Sh- I'm not convinced. Like. If Howard isn't doing the job on Kennedy, I'm not sure who we would put on him as a second choice. Uh, probably Jonas, I would think. Mm, but yeah. I would think Howard has to go to Kennedy to start with. He He's got the, the, the pace and the smarts and the reach yeah. to to beat him. If you're and on Kennedy's... having a 10 second game, you know, you just all you're doing is you're naming your first matchups. Like we do match them perfectly, but I think if the first matchups don't work out, then I think we're a bit, in a bit more trouble. I don't know. I think we've got some options there. I would definitely go Howard to Kennedy to start with, Jonas yes. to Darling to start with, Homsch to Lysett. Yep. I think Houston should take um, Waterman. Um, and then uh, I would think Pittard on Lacroix as well. Bonner can go with Rioli and uh, Burn Jones on Cripps, I think. Um, I think that's the way I would probably look at it. And look, if Kennedy gets off the chain a bit, I'd probably put Jonas on him because he's done the job on him before. Um, and then move uh, Howard to Darling and, and Homsch to Lysett, uh, Homsch still on Lysett, I think. But um, look, I think we've got options down back. I think we match up really well. We've got the height, we've got the pace, we've got creativity back there, and we know that we play well as a team down back as well. So um, I'm I'm pretty excited to see what our defence can do this week with Howard back there. Here's a full tricky time. question for you: What do you reckon the chances are that Homsch will play on the craft? Uh, slim. You reckon? I hope. Just, it, in my mind, it just seems like the sort of matchup that we do occasionally oh, try with Homsch. Oh, I don't think we really. A, I don't think we really need to, and B, I don't think we really can either. Um, mm. because that would leave what Pittard or Houston to go to Lysett, uh, which I don't think would work all that well. Whereas I think Homsch. Um, if he plays on someone like Lysett, oh, he's going to keep up with him on the lead. He's going to keep up with him in terms of spoiling, and he's also going to be able to, to zone off and do the third man up intercept stuff, which he does exceptionally well. And, um, yeah, that's that's definitely the path that I would take. I, I, don't, I would be very shocked to see Homsch spend any amount of time on Lacraft, to be honest. Okay, okay. okay. I'm, I'm going to keep an eye out for it, but, yes, 
it, logically, you would say that it's not the ideal matchup, but it wouldn't shock me. Just because we we Pittard, Burn Jones, and Bonner back there, mm. like one of one of them, and Houston, like yeah, one of them has to take him for sure. You'd hope so. Um, and going to their defence, um, did we discuss it that you wanted to take Callum McGovern with a free agency when you were on last time? Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's he's playing against us, so I don't know if, if he plays badly. Maybe we've got uh, got him on board. <laughs> well, he destroyed us in the final last year, oh, um, so that's uh, that brings back some bad memories. But um, it will be interesting to see if he does play on Jack Watts. Uh, I would assume he does. Yeah. I would. Or if yeah, and um, just how Jack Watts will go against someone like McGovern. Look, it'll be interesting because you'd have to like I don't I think that uh, that's a winning uh, matchup for West Coast because I think that Jeremy McGovern's impact as a defender for West Coast would exceed Jack Watts's impact for us as a forward, even if yeah if they're directly opposed. Like if they scrag each other all game, that's almost our ideal result. But if they yeah. play off each other a bit, I think that West Coast will definitely get the better of that battle. Um, yeah. So it's a I, I think Can this Jack is Watts scrag for a match. I'm not sure about that. Our chances of winning uh, depends on our small forwards, in my yeah, opinion. Oh, yeah, I think um, I think we've got well, a very pacey... Revenge, you have to. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. I think we've got a very pacey small forward group, I think, is going to cause their defenders a fair bit of trouble. I've, I think Shepard's turned into a really, really good player, uh, a really good stopping uh, defender. So I would expect him to do his job, but... You know, Duggan and Cole back there, and, and Hearn as well, is not a lot of pace. Um, yeah. I'm I'm really hoping that guys like Need and Johnson and um, Sammy Gray can really hit the scoreboard a lot this week. Yeah, I mean, you would be saying, like just going through the stats before, you would be saying that if you're going to try and beat West Coast, it would be with a, a hard-running, handballing side. So uh, hopefully yeah. that's what we try, and hopefully it comes off. That's it. But we will need to convert when we get it down there after those long runs, which is going to be Indeed. traditionally the issue for us. Um, just wanted to note on Shannon Hearn, like I think statistically this is probably one of his best years, isn't it? He's just allowed to do whatever he wants, picking up easy marks, loose in defence. He's doing all right. Yeah, he's played well. Yeah, he's doing real good. He's done well. Um, game in general, uh, should we be concerned about Adam Simpson? I think that we just have to say yes. Yes, because <laughs> yep. they beat us regularly. So and it, and you would, ha- you would have to say so yes. yes. Yep. Oh, we it... we did beat them last time at uh, at Subiaco, so that's yeah, good. We're not we, at Subiaco, we... are we? I understand that, <laughs> but we've won in the state of WA in recent times, so that's wow. uh, that's a good thing. Okay, cool. Uh, and as for the psychological advantage, um, for me, like West Coast with five wins on the trot, playing at their fancy new stadium, it's got to be West Coast by a long time, long way, long way. Yeah, I think. Um... I think they would certainly have the psychological advantage on this one. They, they, I think they've probably worked out how to play their stadium. This is the first time we're playing there. Yeah. We're not allowed to train there beforehand, oh, so right. we're going to be. Uh, it's going to all be new and uh, with lots of strobe lights and um, yeah, epileptic fits on the ground. So yep. 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 bring it on! Fantastic. That's really good. All right. Well, look. Have you got any questions from Big Footy tonight? I don't because I forgot to put the thread up, so I don't. <laughs> it's going to be a short one then. <laughs> Let's see what's come through on Spreaker chat. Uh, Libby said rest rider in the forward line, but he's still our ruck. I just don't think he's going to be fit enough to do that um, and be a threat to ruck three quarters and then, you know, be a forward for a quarter as well. I think he should be. 
Yeah, but it'll wear him out. Like, that's the thing. Like, he could do it if it was, like, a final. Mm. Um, but knowing that he's still got another, you know, what, 15 or so games to play, uh, I don't know that I'd be asking for that kind of, you know, gut performance, um, personally. Yeah. Um, Craig has also said Eamon is a wing half forward, contradicting me, saying that he plays, uh, seems to play mostly from half back. Uh, uh, look, I don't mind him if he is a wing half forward, but I just don't believe he currently is. Um, I think that he's a wingman at best, and I think he probably is leaning more half-back as far as where he actually gets the ball and does stuff with it, mm. for the most part. Not sure. I'd, I'd have to check out some heat maps for that one, I think. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, well, shit. <laughs> with no questions or anything else, I guess we're going to have to go into the final round. It's going to be the shortest one ever, Macro, unless you've got something you want to talk about. Oh, we can talk about the rest of the week of, uh, of the AFL. Yeah, um, what you got? Well, Geelong GWS tomorrow night, that's going to be a big game. Uh, that is a big game. I reckon that's a game of the round for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and for me, it's a game of the round because whoever loses is looking a bit more like a pretender. Um, so that's why it's the game of the round. Because it's one of those ones where whoever loses, you can be like, aha, aha. And then you can start getting on them about, you know, oh, you're not really as good as you think you are, blah, blah, blah. Yep. I think Essendon Hawthorne's a big game this week. Yeah. Um, I think that'll be interesting to see if the Hawks can continue their run, see if Essendon can turn their season around. Um, Gold Coast, they've got, uh, I don't know, I don't know what they're doing here. They've got, they've omitted Barlow, Stephen no May's injured, Tom Lynch is injured, Fiorini's injured, Lonigan's injured. Are they just... Uh, you know, in quotation marks, injured to give them a rest before the China game, or are they legitimately injured? Do you think? Look, I mean, if you're going to say we're going to win against Port or in Port in China or Western Bulldogs to Ballarat, I would have had a crack at Ballarat if I was if I was Stewie Jew. That's the one I would have had a real crack at because uh, you know we dogs aren't in great form last year, and they're not in great form. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would have, I would have thought, I'd, I'd, if it's deliberate, I'm surprised. But um, especially this time of year, like, why would you do that deliberately? It just seems strange. Not sure, not sure. It is Gold Coast, so yeah, true, it's a bit true. strange. Good to see Charlie Ballard debuting this week for them. I think that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've got um, you know Kalmachi back in, Bradshaw back in. A few names we've been looking at in the past, and uh, your mate Lewis Young playing for the Bulldogs again. Louis, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's we'll back. What a gun. Yeah, and I guess the big selection news this week is that uh, Matt Eagles, the player from the Recruit TV show, oh, okay. has been named on the extended bench for Brisbane Lions. Oh, there you are! Wow, that's how bad they're going. They're picking up someone from a TV show to play, actually play for them. Yeah, well, you know, why not? Why we, not? Yeah. Look, we did have Johan Wagner, and he got precisely say, nowhere games. near an AFL game. <laughs> yeah, so, it's, yeah, it's slightly different, isn't it? A little bit different, but yeah. Look, good on him. Good on him. He's an Adelaide boy. He's a Port supporter. Played for the Port Magpies at uh, underage and reserves level. So, uh, good luck to him. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, any other games you're interested in this week? No. Your thoughts on the Dane Swan uh, sex video scandal? I'm not aware of it because I haven't followed that one, so I don't know anything. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Someone put, uh, well, I don't know. I don't know. It's more like, uh, you know, sportsman has relations with woman, news at six, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, um, 
But I believe he's actually gone to the police to say that, that uh, it was uploaded without his consent. So uh, good. good to see him doing something about that. Well, I mean, it's kind of like, uh, what was it that Jake Carlisle got in trouble for for doing on a video? That his uh, mate co- dropped him in? Cocaine. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it's kind of in that, I think that that was kind of a, a bellwether for where things are going and people being more critical of the person providing this uh, video rather than necessarily the player that has done something that, you know, uh, society thinks is wrong. Um, having sex with a woman on tape, like, I don't know, that... <laughs> For, for this generation of footballers, I can't imagine that that's uncommon. Can you? Probably not. No. I'm not going to say it's a great thing to do. And certainly, if there's, if if uh, Swan hasn't gained consent to do it, or if someone else like is 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 his footage? Whose footage is it? <laughs> it's the the female's footage. Okay. Well, that's even weirder. Um, I don't know. <laughs> mm. I don't know what I think about that, but uh, yeah, certainly whoever released it, yeah, ping him for it. Why not? Here's a question. Hmm. Well, here's a few questions. Where is Joe Atley at? That's a really good question because he's not even able as an emergency this week, is he? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. There's something obviously the club doesn't like in his game because there's been a couple of games so far where we could have thought, hey, why isn't Joe Atley in this week? Um, yeah. It Look, it's hard to know the reasons for that. Um, I guess that at the start of the year, like at the start of the year, it made sense because he was behind Rockcliffe, he was behind Sam Palpepper, yada, yada, yada. Um, as far as getting a, a crack at midfield time, maybe it's just that they don't rate him outside of midfield. Maybe that, maybe they just don't think that they can play him in other positions. So if he's not playing in the centre, they can't play him. Yeah, it could be his lack of an outside game at the moment is, yeah. uh, is working against him, but... I guess the next question is, if he doesn't get a game soon, do you think he might look elsewhere at the end of this season? Um, I wouldn't say this season, but I'd say next season once he knows where his little brother is. Okay. <laughs> well, it's, it's like, would you say, like... What about yeah. Big Brother, though? What's the point of chasing Big Brother if Little Brother gets drafted to Port? You know, like, it's too uncertain. Yeah. I reckon, like, if there were, if it was going to be like a family decision, it would be like, well, wait to see where he's gone, and then you can make a choice and make a decision. Then you know, assuming he gets drafted, and if he doesn't get drafted, who knows where he'll end up? But uh, yeah, yeah, I don't see it being a this year thing. And I, I, look, he's a young player. Yeah, I don't think he would have expectations of playing every game this year. Um, we've got a stacked midfield right now, theoretically. Uh, well, even if two of hence his why he may, players. hence why he may look elsewhere because it is very stacked. I'm not going to say it's impossible, but I'd just be a little bit surprised. And I'd certainly Look, I, I really hope not because you know how much I love him and rate him very, very highly. And I think he's uh, definitely a huge part of our future midfield. I think he's just got to bide his time and hopefully he's happy to do that. I do think that um, the fact that he didn't get a, a run um, after Rockcliffe was out is maybe questionable. Yeah. Um, and especially after, with Sam Pepper, Sam Pepper out at the same time, that's kind of... Not finding room for Atley then is a little bit strange. But... Mm. Mm. Indeed. Yes. Um, we've got another question from Craig, or first of all, a comment from Craig Jones saying, Snelling is playing better than Atley at the moment. It's like, yeah, maybe, I guess. He is. Probably He's, is, yep. He, he is probably going to be permanently behind Atley in that ranking list, though, um, because he's tiny. 
He is. Look, it's unfortunate for Will because I rate him exceptionally highly. I think he's an exceptional SANFL player, and I think he will definitely win a McGarry medal at some point in his career if he sticks with the SANFL um, till sort of retirement age. Um, but I, oh, I would love just to see how he goes at AFL level again because I, I feel like if he was just to get a chance. He might make it, but at his height as a pure sort of inside midfielder, um, he's up against it a bit. He's exactly the sort of player that if Carlton hadn't already been drafting a bunch of short guys, you'd say he should ask for a trade to Carlton. I feel like if if he does end up delisted at the end of this year, he'll get another go somewhere, and he'll definitely play AFL yeah, games for another we've, club. We've said that a lot of times, though, Macca. Mm. <laughs> we said that a lot of times about guys that are on the Port Adelaide fringe and then they just disappear and never come back. Um, yeah. I don't know. I feel like he's... I feel like with his very, very consistent state-level form, mm. uh, I feel like someone would give him a go, you know. I'm not expecting it to be a top-four team or anything like that, but, yeah. you know, he'd probably make a Carlton or a Bulldogs or Gold Coast at the moment or Brisbane. You know, he'd probably be playing there at oh, this yeah, point absolutely. in time. Yeah, look, that's it. Like, if he goes to a bottom four side that's, you know, real shit state, then he's got a real shot uh, at getting a go. But I just don't see him getting a go at Port Adelaide. So if you're talking about guys that should consider leaving at the end of the year, I mean, he's definitely right at the top of that list. Yeah. Look, pick 15, thanks, for him. I think that would be a... (laughs) That's a fair deal, I think. Um, I'd I'd be happy with that. There's a question for you. How are we feeling about our set of draft picks so far this year? Oh, I'm feeling okay. I'm yeah. feeling okay. I wouldn't mind an extra one in the first round, to be honest. Yeah, um, yeah. I think the more and more that I research and look, I feel like the depth of this draft isn't all that exciting. Mm. I feel like the it's pretty clear that the top end is uh, is exceptional. I feel like there's a bit of a drop away and then another drop away pretty soon after that as well. Uh, I guess we'll find out a bit more after the championships where there's a bit more... Vision available and, and we get to see a, a few more players going up against the best sort of thing as opposed for the, just their um, their normal club team. Um, but, yeah, I would love to see if we can somehow maybe work two of our picks into getting a, a higher one. I think that would be the way to go at this point. Do you reckon, like, for me, I'm kind of wondering whether we would trade pretty much all of them <laughs> to go as high as we could. It wouldn't. It, it, for me, it seemed like it would be depending on how the championships go. And if we're talking about Rankin and Lukosius being top five potential, which you'd have to say they probably are um, at this point, would we trade? You know, our two second rounders. Oh, sorry, our first round and our two second rounders for you know like a top however many pick. I don't know how far how that'd get you on points, but um, would, you, well, would you go? That we're not going to get. We're not going to get Lukosius unless we trade like Wingard or Ollie Wines because yeah, yeah. he'll 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 definitely go pick one. I think oh, there's a chance yeah. that that Rankin would be achievable. Yeah. Um, and look, there is a, a a bit of a rumor going around that he's you know doesn't particularly want to leave South Australia and he might be you know taking some interviews and and all that sort of stuff at the moment. I'm not sure how legitimate that is or if it's just garbage, but. Mm. Um, You'd love to have a pick before the Crows, just in case. I feel, um, 
I think their first picks either going to be their own or, or Melbourne's. I think from memory, sure. I think they've got Melbourne's first round pick this year. Okay. Um, this is the best South Australian crop there's been in God knows how long. Probably since two thousand, the, mm. the year of Burgoyne and Thompson and and Kane Corns. Yeah. Um, and look to end up with someone like Connor Rosie or 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 Jackson Haitley, I think would be wonderful for our football club as well. But to get them, I feel like we've got to get a little bit higher up the list. Well, it, to me, it just does seem like it would be a year where we'd say we'll take a really high first-round pick and then we'll, we will we know more about South Australia, so then we'll take guys in the third round, like mm. where we might just skip the second round. Um, and therefore trading you know, our first-round pick and our two second-round picks to get as high up as we possibly can would not shock me this year. Um, yeah. Given where our list is as well um, and the, the sort of players that we could get, like you know, it should be pretty reasonable to do that, I think. Yeah, but, um, yep. That's my prediction. Um, I did. That's a good. Th- that's a good preview for our uh, draft specials later this year. <laughs> I did float earlier. I think I was harassing Rick on one of his Monday night shows um, about we should trade it all for Heath Grundy. <laughs> 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 I, I just don't think we shift him. But you know, he'd be tempted. And you're like, I would. I would right now with the list we've got right now. I would be considering. Yeah, yeah, Heath Grundy. He'll Heath last Grundy. long enough. Heath, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, you mean Brody, 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 Brody Grundy. Grundy? Sorry, Brody Grundy. Yeah, you're Brody I'm thinking, Grundy. I'm thinking, why do we need a 34-year-old third-tall defender here? Like, got, what am I missing? I've got the name on screen in front of me, and I read the wrong name regardless of it being right on screen in front of me. That's terrible. Brody Grundy. Yeah, trading for Brody Grundy. Um, because you thought, sort of think, okay, right, it's probably not got that much left in him. Brody would have enough to get us through to the end of Ken Hinckley. Um, yeah. Would you give up all our draft picks this year for Brody Grundy? Uh, probably. You probably would, right? And that's a really good. Pa- well, that's the best package put together for a player for a long time, almost. You know, first, second, first, and a top second, and a medium second or bottom second, and then a couple of good thirds. I don't know. Would like Collingwood do package. it? I'm not sure Collingwood would do it. Would, I, and I feel like be tempted. <laughs> I feel like Grundy's the sort of guy that would just say no thanks as well. Yeah, well, I, I think you're I feel right. Like he's pretty comfortable there. But geez, uh, you'd want to have a chat with him, wouldn't you? You'd, you'd certainly <laughs> put an offer. If, if you're talking about what does Port need right now, most of all, it is absolutely a, a ruckman in good, that is uh, of the right age, in good form, and that's ready to go. And if you added that to our side for next season, like you couldn't make a single excuse after that. Um, look, we'd have they can have our first and second round pick, and look, we'll chuck in. Billy Frampton for free as well. Yeah, well, here's here's another another uh, uh, awkward part of this. Um, Sam Hayes, before he was drafted, was a big Collingwood fan. Would you throw in Sam Hayes? No. Ooh, not even with Grundy coming back the other way. You wouldn't nope. throw in Sam Hayes. De- de- definitely not. Ooh, no. okay, that's a lot of confidence in Sammy. <laughs> no. no. Sam Hayes will be all Australian uh, within five years. You reckon? Wow, that's a lot yeah. of confidence. That's good. All right, what about Atley? Would you throw in Joe Atley? Ooh, that's a big one for Maka. Oh. He's one of his, his favourite players. Look, it's, if you're throwing Brody Grundy plus something back the other way, then I'd throw in Atley for sure. Okay, okay. <laughs> but, yeah, this is all fanciful stuff now, so... Well, I know. Okay, let's just get to the final wrap and carry don't, on. Don't make, don't make me trade my favourite player, please. <laughs> I'm a horrible person, sorry. <laughs> okay, so look, we'll just do your tip now. Who's going to win and by how much? 
look, as I said, this is the game that will define our season. I think um, there should be a lot riding on the result of this one. And I feel pretty confident going in, which is never a good sign. Um, but I'm going to pick Port Adelaide by eight points. I want to tip Port. I really do. Um, but when you're talking about um, the players that are going to get you over the line, like the fact that Wingard's out this week is really... He's one of the guys I would look to after that final last year. He's one of the guys you would normally expect to you know, play his absolute ass off against West Coast in this match. Um, so I'm not... I don't know, I don't know. If if we win, I don't think it'll be because of a couple of players are really annoyed by how we performed last year standing up and playing brilliant games or anything. I think it'll just be because hopefully our coaches are smarter on the day. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to say Port because I just can't tip West Coast. And I'm going to say Port by about 15. Okay. But I'm not that confident about it. <laughs> well, neither am I, but I feel... Mm. confident that we are going to give it Complete. the best shot we're going to possibly do. Yeah, and probably. will that get us over the line? Quite possibly, yes. So eight points for me, and I reckon uh, Jakey Need and Justin Westhoff will have three goals each. Nice. Okay. Um, for my chief goal kicker, I'm going to say... Oh, no, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say Aiden Johnson with four. Oh, <laughs> yes, please. If that happens, I, I just I'll feel be like he, he, he's at the stage in his career where he's probably due for that sort of game. You know, he's due for that breakout game. If he's going to have that breakout game, he's played just enough that you sort of you know get those those glimpses probably. And I'm hoping yeah. that this this week, and we've already talked about how those small forwards are going to be really essential for us actually getting on the scoreboard. I think this week is the one where. Aiden Johnson, he's got a prime opportunity to stand up. He's got a couple of games this season ready to go. It was one or two, I've forgotten. Um, and he hopefully will just be able to be in the right spot at the right time and take advantage. We'll see. I'm um, a huge AJ fan, massive yeah, AJ fan. Yeah, I feel like he's got a huge future. He does a I lot feel of smart like things. he does a lot of smart things that people don't necessarily give him any credit for. I think uh, he's very, very good in close. Um, and I feel like he's definitely a big part of our future up forward. So if he kicks for, look, he's really good defensively. He does some really smart things with the ball, but he does need to hit the scoreboard. So if he does kick four goals, then that's uh, pants down, lap around the table time. That one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I would really love it if that was the case. Um, which fringe player is going to lock up a spot for next week? So of the guys that we're talking about maybe dropping out, who's going to manage to stay in? Do you reckon Don Barry's going to manage to stay in after this week? I'm going to say Jack Homsch will be my fringe player that okay, stays in. Fair, fair. Um, fair. Just because we know he's going to have Cleary breathing down his neck. Um, I'm sure Port will want to bring Cleary back in at some point. And, yeah, I, I feel like, as I said earlier, I think our defence is, uh, is structurally really, really good to face what West Coast um, have to bring this week. And I feel like Jack Homsch is going to be a major part of that and he's going to be one of our best once again. I think that I think that Homsch will do all right unless we pull Dougal Howard out to ruck for some reason or other, in which case I think that Homsch could be exposed. Possibly, um, but it won't be for that amount of time, I don't think. 
We'll see. We'll see, I guess. It depends on how, how ready to play Ryder is, I guess. Mm. Um, well, yours has to be AJ, surely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, it's AJ. He's going to stay in for sure. And I reckon Barry's on his way out, personally. But uh, okay. unless he starts... unless he If he doesn't kick at least two goals this week, in my mind, because uh, we know he'll get a couple opportunities. If he doesn't actually start slotting him, he's gone. Because um, that just kills you. Mm. Um, are you ready to say we'll win the Premiership this year? How are you feeling yes. about that? Yes. Uh, I'm still confident that we are a big chance of winning the flag this year. So yep. Yep. Uh, no no melts from me. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm confident and positive this season, for sure. Yep, and Paddy Ryder's back, so we're back in top form. That's it. <laughs> All right, well, look, um, apart from a question on Spreaker Chat about have you got any thoughts on the Bull Ace saga? I don't know what that's about. Do you know anything what that's about? No. Nah. No. About yeah. the what? The Bull Ace saga. Oh. I assume it's, is it Scott Bull Ace? I don't know. Oh, the Bull Ace saga, yeah. Um, yeah, well, that's just retarded, really. Is that's. Yeah. Oh, you're not. Aware? No, I haven't. So, been, so that. you know Daryl Borlase, the yeah, Port yeah, Premiership yeah. player, Premiership yeah. captain. Da, da, da. Daisy, yeah, yeah. His um, Daisy, that's the one. Uh, his son James is a very, very good footballer. Okay. Um, it was in the under fifteen Australian team last year, and um, he is not a Port father son prospect because what? he misses out. Um, in the same sort of manner as Bryce Gibbs did in that um, Ball Ace played um, 201 games before the cutoff, but uh, a number of those were pre-season matches, which the SANFL counted, but the AFL do not count. So he goes down to 177 legitimate games. And to make matters worth, he is a Adelaide Crows Next Generation Academy uh, prospect because when he was born, Daryl Ball Ace was working in Egypt and James Borlase was born in Egypt, so he comes under the uh, multi multicultural rule somehow, despite the fact that his father is uh, very much South Australian and played 250 games of SAFL football, and his mother, you know, played countless games of of uh, Australian netball. Um, apparently, he's Egyptian, and he's going to the Crows in a couple of years' time. Well, I think that the how AFL... wonderful. This is one of the. This is definitely one of those cases. Where I'm not saying give him to Port, but I'm saying that the fact that he's been able to be named as a next generation player is absolutely absurd. Um, and that's one of those ones where the AFL should be stepping in and saying no. Nah. If you if you if if, if you one of your parents is an Australian citizen, nah, I reckon I reckon that's probably not unfair. If he's in the Crow zone, then you know, good luck to them. Whatever, that that's fine. That's really disappointing. That's why he's. Part of the Crows because he's in Sturt Zone and Sturt are part of the Crows multicultural whatever. Um, but is that really what this whole Next Generation Academy no, is about? Not, it's absolutely not. That's what I'm saying. Australians like, who just happen to be born overseas with a huge footballing pedigree um, get some academy listing for free for no particular reason. Well, that's not what the rules about. That's no. not what the academies are about. That's it's. Farcical. I, f- I find that part of it farcical. It is. Uh, it's just simply ludicrous, really. Um, and the fact that, you know, poor premiership hero's son is <laughs> going to go to it's the so Crows strange. because he's uh, apparently Egyptian is... Um, is uh, I'm speechless. Oh, I don't know what else to say. 
there's really. something there's something weird there and they do need to work out those rules i would say um yeah that, you that, would think so like, that, like you would think me, so for me that's such a such a bizarre case uh that that for me would merit reviewing your rules mid-season to say hey come on what's going on here come on what's going on what yeah. you know is this, is this really happening like, <laughs> if, if, even if this was like you know a bulldogs and Essendon player i would have that same view on that that's just absurd it's yeah. truly absurd yeah, it's a it's a bit of a strange one that one. I'm not too sure. Look, you know, he may fall away a bit. He may end up being the greatest player ever. Who knows? But uh, is I don't think it's what the next generation academy should be about. But it's one of those sort of things that um, you know they the crows have found a loophole or somehow, and um, it'll be shut. But it'll be shut too late once the loophole's already been done, sort of thing. So. I guess is their way of getting back with Bryce Gibbs. Um, and look, I mean, I guess there's no guarantee that James Borlase will sort of accept a spot on the Crows list in the future. You never know. He might do a Mark Murphy. You never know. But um, it's a bit of a farce, you've got to say. Here's another one. I'm just reading an article. Collingwood has Bailey Wraith, the Ruckman, and oh, Bailey Wraith as its next generation academy player because his mother was born in South Africa. Yeah, I think there's an Essendon player, Ben McNeese, who's yeah. one of his parents was, was uh, or he might have been born in India or something, but while and they he, were travelling, so, something like that, I don't know, but he's a, he's another one, a very similar case. So, um, yeah, it's, so it's, it's strange. But, but the but frustrating both... thing is is that we, we've obviously seen the Crows lose out on father-son with Bryce Gibbs back in the day because know, but... he fell agonisingly short for games played, even though he you know, doesn't have any real length. father's fault anyway. Like, <laughs> but when, when you've then got Russell Ebert's son, who Russell Ebert played 391 games of, of football and he didn't qualify for father-son because it wasn't in the right period, and now Daisy Borlase, who played, who played uh, 246 games in 14 years, but he doesn't qualify for father son. Oh, like how? How? That's stupid, like, but retrospectively, that's not even what I'm how? About. But like a, a kid whose parents are both Australian citizens are, is qualifying under the, the next generation program. That's sure. Weird. But retrospectively, how pointless <laughs> has the SANFL father son rules been oh, that the AFL yeah, put in place? Absolutely pointless. Well, if, if, if Russell Ebert's son can't make. Uh, father son, even though he was a father son pick, but wrongly. Yeah. They, yes. Um, you know, come on, let's let's uh, let's be serious now. Yeah, yeah. I've heard of Craig Jones saying St Kilda have access to one of their assistant coaches' kids on a similar rule, but I think that's because he's indigenous, and it's like, yeah, I'm not so upset about that one. Um, well, it's yeah, <laughs> probably, yeah, yeah. But I guess so. it's similar to the Nick Blakey and uh, Bailey Scott thing with their parents and how they're part of the the Swans and Gold Coast Academy uh, as well. Yeah, I mean, I mean you know, the, the Indigenous one is different um, for different reasons, but if, like, if you, you know, you're, you're a white kid with white Australian parents and you just happen to be born overseas and you qualify for Next Generation, that's weird. That is that is definitely not something that should be happening, I wouldn't have thought. No, I wouldn't have thought so. <laughs> oh, dear. All right. Well, on that, on that bizarre and sour note, um... I guess, we, I guess we're done. I guess so. <laughs> All right. Well, look, it's been nice talking to you again, Maka. Um, Indeed. Yeah, it's been really good. Uh, I don't know. Is Rick going to be back again next week? 
I assume so. Good. Okay. Excellent. All right. Well, in that case, but it is Rick. So it is Rick. Who knows? Who knows? Having a good sleep in, playing golf, and then going to sleep again. So uh, yeah, living the retirement lifestyle. All very good. That's it. Okay. Well, look. Uh, in that case, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, thank you everyone that's going to listen to it in podcast form. I know I say good evening at the start, but uh, the reality is obviously you listen to it on the way to work or some other time. Hopefully, when you're having a nice bath and a glass of wine or something, that'd be a really good way to listen listen to the podcast. And, Although admittedly, you probably spill the wine in the bathtub and kick it around after that last bit about ball lace. Um, but mm. uh, there you go. Uh, and Khan uh, Port Adelaide. Khan the Ports. Khan Power. Back goes Salisbury for Glenelg. Marnie tackles Brown. Drives towards the goal square. Grenville gets back there for Glenelg. 